Hello, welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. And I'm Jim DeSanto. And today we're going to be talking about the new release, The Bad Times at El Royale by Drew Goddard. We're also going to be talking about the Josh Whedon sci-fi Western classic Firefly and the Burt Reynolds classic Smokey and the Bandit. Plus, we are reunited together in Commagers Boston Studio B, if you notice this Beautiful locale uh, was the only place we could not actually fit in Studio A, which is the office, which is doubling for Jim's bedroom for the weekend as he visited. So we decided it best for everyone uh, if we moved the studio. But before we get anything, as always, we're going to talk about our drink of the episode. Um, And uh, to be fair, uh, my drink of the episode is more the vessel of said drink in honor of October and Oktoberfest. I will be drinking out of this glorious beer boot that uh, my brother Sean gave me one Christmas. And I'll be, just for the sheer public safety (laughs) issue of it, I'll be simply drinking Miller Lite out of it. Um, And mainly also, we started consuming yeah, drinks at about noon today so this is idea, probably yeah. in the best interest for everyone and what do you have i am uh, working on the uh belgian double from left hand uh, nitro uh, very good that's good so great drinks both uh we'll talk a little bit about the other episode about some of the other fantastic drinks we've, we've been had, having yeah. this week uh but first as always we're going to be doing our fact check of course Fact checks of last week's episode. Of course, last week we went deep into Inception and honestly it was a pretty clean episode. So there was not a lot we had to fact check about last week's episode, but I got a fact check of a fact check uh, this week um, from fellow movie buff and colleague of mine, Megan Campbell, who watched our or listened to our um, Inception episode. Mm -hmm. And she referenced, of course, the Kellogg cornflakes masturbation issue. And she, she brought up something, yes, something to my attention that, and I thought, well, this is an opportunity to bring up cornflakes and masturbation again, which is always intriguing point of discussion, but she brought up a valid point. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, I would not have thought of that, but there was actually a movie that was produced about this Dr. Kellogg nut job guy and his anti-masturbation league. It was called The Road to Wellville, which people might remember now. Uh, it came out in 1993, and it starred Matthew Broderick when Matthew Broderick was starring in things. Right. Bridget Fonda when Bridget Fonda was starring in things, and John Cusack. But Dr. Kellogg, the crazy anti-masturbation nut, was played by Anthony Hopkins. Uh, we will never review this film for the show. Yeah. But it was a good way to Would bring back Would you say that. that character is cre- more crazy or less crazy than Hannibal Lecter? Mm, probably more crazy. Okay. Probably more deranged, fair, I think, fair. ultimately. Uh, some other exciting things we have here. Uh, we will talk more about what Jim was doing here, but if you follow us on social media, it must be brought up that, unsurprisingly, if you follow us, we talked about going to the amazing Shoveltown Breweries trivia night last night. And Team Commagers, a.k.a. Smokey and the Bandit, which That's we went right. by, we not only showed up at said trivia, but we won the trivia, which was pretty amazing, I'd yeah, have to there, say. There were, some, uh, there were some tough questions, and, and about halfway through, I, I didn't think we really stood a chance. And, but yes, in fact, you posted on social media yeah, that we yeah. actually had no chance, I yeah. believe. You said, uh, yeah, after one round, we were in third. 
and then we were in fifth and you said not looking good not basically looking the good. equivalent of there's no way that good. we're going to be able to do this we're not going to win yeah. very negative and not only did we come back to win in the final round we but we them. destroyed the competition and we were only a team of three it That's should be true. pointed out it was jim myself and my wife aileen and jim and aileen came up huge in the third round of the competition um with jim knowing something about shrimp that i'm not quite sure if that ties into your Oh no, but wasn't it shrimp that are called sea monkeys? It kind I of just knew that feeds back into your obsession sure. with the shape of water and your merfish man no. weird thing. Yeah, and then Aileen, huge, knew the bonus worth 10 points, so we won. So I'm actually wearing the t-shirt oh, yeah, that we, exactly. we won as a result of this. Um, and it was uh, very impressive and um you know our self-esteem could not be higher no my self-esteem was sky high yeah i was very nervous for a while though you should have seen him he was insufferable it was very exciting for us uh and now our last fact check thing is not really fact check but just a quick instant reaction uh earlier in the week on social media i posted asking should we allow or should i be uh, involved in making jim watch license to drive the Corey helm Corey feldman film now many of you uh said yes which is like very intriguing to me maybe our audience is catching on to Katie and I's vision of this really just being a, a, a form of psychological torture for you, the whole show, because it was like 77% of the people who voted wanted you to be forced to watch License to Drive. I, I have a feeling these polls from the get-go were just ways to make me unhappy. Uh, I, and they, I think they, they're I, going to continue. That they're way. going to continue. Yeah, absolutely. They're worded in such a way that well, no, you, it, either it way, either, either yes, choice. I win I either. Not, yes, yeah. you're not going to win on either choice. But, you know, Jim was quite clear that he did not have the desire to watch that film. So what I did instead was uh, I chose to have him watch Smokey and the Bandit, which, by the way, is free on Amazon Prime Video. And what was your thought? It was um, good. It was it was great. I mean, for what it is, it's it's a great movie. Um, it's got a lot of interesting stuff, and it. it's funny. It's like I immediately made me think of the Blues Brothers and mm. and movies like that. A kind of a movie of loosely connected scenes and funny parts. Yes, with a very flimsy. No, premise. I don't think there was actually any dialogue probably right, written right, for right, this film. Right. Um. Yeah, so it is what it is. Oh. One of those late 70s. Awesome. Yeah. It was fantastic. Burt Reynolds, I mean, highly recommend watching Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Uh, no plot. No, no plot. discernible purpose or point to said film. You get to see uh, Jackie Gleason in, in, yeah. in a movie. The whole premise there. of the film is something that's, I don't believe, illegal any longer, which is smuggling Coors beer across straight lines, which I yeah. there's nothing illegal about that. Right. Um, the film could not be made now. Because the whole premise of the film is people talking on CB radios, which I'm not sure anybody does. Right. But I do love, I think that pretty much everybody in the movie was the director's friend or family member. And they just had random shots of people yeah, for so no purpose at any time in you're, said film. Well, you're, but to be fair, your four main characters or your four kind of leads were all great actors. So you had Burt Reynolds, you had Sally Field. Yes. Um, 
Who else? Who Jerry they? Reed Jerry and Reed Jackie Gleason. And Jackie Gleason. And all of them and, were fantastic yeah, in the movie. And they were probably and the almost all the in the dog. The dog the, the dog's part. Uh, and they were pretty much the only one who spoke in the film. Right. And everyone else in the movie um is really terrible acting. Really? Really. It's especially about I want to say about an hour and ten minutes in for no reason, an Asian actor. Just yells kamikaze, kamikaze and, and, and drives into, into a, car. a car. Yeah, for for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, it, it is it it is a very Dukes of Hazard esque. Uh, very, you know, if you like the Dukes of Hazard, you're gonna like. Yes, is, is the Dukes of Hazard allowed on television any longer? Probably not. Probably not. Right, but. Smoking the Bandit, watch it. It was better probably than License to Drive. That, for oh, 100%. Um, so today we're going to do a little something different. We picked two different things we wanted to talk about, uh, mainly because the first one was a movie we went and saw that's in theater, so we, we wanted to see if it was worthwhile and recommend it. So we're not going to do any spoilers uh, in terms of the film, and that was Bad Times at El Royale, which just came out. Um, it's a Drew Goddard film with Jeff Bridges and John Hamm and Dakota Johnson and uh, tons of people in it. Um, so we're going to give you some of our instant reaction on that. And then also we're going to talk about there was a request to Jim is, you know, is there some recommendations for binge bingeable shows? You know, yeah, shows that could be watched by people. So we had one of those that we thought we could talk about that both of both of us are really interested in. Then we'll do our spanning the pop culture. We got five questions, recommendations, and all those things. But let's start out with Bad Times at the El Royale, uh, which is an original film written by Drew Goddard, who won the Academy Award for adapted screenplay for The Martian. Yep. He um Started his career writing Cloverfield with J.J. Abrams. He's worked on television before with Josh Whedon, who we'll talk about one of his TV shows. He's also Cabin in the Woods. Cabin right? in the Woods was his first directorial movie, which was ten years ago. Was it uh, really? Yep, a decade ago. Wow. It actually was one of the fr- probably the first major film of Chris Hemsworth, who's in this movie. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, he is also the writer of The Dark Phoenix uh, yeah, and some other. Which way we can't say because we don't know. He's got to pay the bills right. somehow. Um, so what is your quick thoughts on Bad Time at the El Royale? I liked it. I thought it was a, it was a good movie. Um, it wasn't life-changing or fantastic, but it was good. There's some really great uh, pieces of it. The acting is pretty pretty great all the way through. So the the one thing I can say is that um, the dialogue and the acting is is pretty much top notch. Uh, Jeff Bridges just phenomenal. John Hamm is great. Um, I don't want to ruin you know all these parts. There's a lot of there's a lot of twists and turns. Um, but it, it uh, yeah, I would say the acting was sort of my my favorite part of this movie by far. So to not give away too much, but the pre- basically the premise of the film, if you've seen the previews for it, is the film set in the mid 70s maybe early yeah, it's not early quite it's not quite clear when yeah. it's set. Vietnam's still going yeah, on Vietnam's still going on Nixon is president so probably 72 would be my guess and this array of characters who are all fantastic actors by the way like we said are drawn to this hotel and this yeah. hotel's got this unique thing where a line runs down the center of it it's in Tahoe and half the hotel is in California and half the t- hotel is in Vegas and Nevada, Nevada excuse me. Uh, and they have to kind of, you know, navigate this weird twisty thing. And, <laughs> um, 
what I really like about it is it is a truly original film, right. which is one of the things we've complained about at points here. There's, there's not a lot of original filmmaking anymore uh, in line with what we saw last week with Inception, which is this really different original concept or idea. Yeah. Um, you know, Christopher Nolan, who's not adverse to franchises, who did all, who's doing all the Batman movies actually when he did Inception. Um, he does the, you know, Drew Goddard, who does lots of, you know, uh, franchise-based writing when he's a screenwriter, came up with something that's very different, very unique. He wanted to make a movie where there was lots of dialogue and character development, and there's tons of it. Yeah. Uh, Draft Bridges, who we loved as the dude, uh, had some very dude-like lines at points in it where his cadence and everything was like that. Chris Hemsworth, awesome. Yeah. And then I, I don't remember the name of the the female actor who was kind of playing a Motown yeah, singer. And she's she was great in it. Um she does some really good um vocal numbers, which are all live at this time. She's a strong character. There's just a lot of character development in this movie. It's one of those things where if you're looking for a movie to go see in the fall, which, you know, we're not quite to that time period where they're releasing all the big buzz Oscar movies quite yet. And a lot of the big budget summer movies are done. I mean, no offense, but yeah. Venom was the number one movie in the world. Yeah. And I'm, I'm most of the people watching here are probably not I, going to see Venom. This could be a movie you go to see, along with maybe First Man, if you wanted to go see that or start, you know, right. things are starting Star to turn born. up here yeah. a little bit. Yeah, there's some, there's some definitely some great movies out right now. Um, even without seeing them, you kind of know the Star is Born is going to be, from from everything you're hearing, it's going to be a great movie. Yeah. Um, Venom just looks brutal. The, even though it, it it's getting a lot of, uh, you know, butts in the seat. It's it does not look good. And first man, I'm sure is great. Yeah. What I like about El Royale is it's so different, though. I feel like Star is Born. Well, you have literally seen it before, potentially. It's oh, been, true. It, it, true. It, I mean, you could have seen a Star is Born before, but I'm sure it's great. And I'll, I'll probably see it and all that type of stuff. It's fantastic. Um, first man is you know probably amazing. You know, yeah. but. It's a biopic, you know, you've seen biopics and things like that. Royale is completely different. Yeah. You know, it's a completely unique thing from the mind of somebody um, right. out of the blue. And, and I so think that generates a lot of interest. Yeah. I and think. the female lead is uh, Cynthia uh, in Revo. In Revo? Yeah, and she's it. she does Broadway. So they, she, she, yeah. they took she, her from Broadway. She has a role where, she, and this isn't really spoiling much, um, she sings a lot. And it is... She's got an amazing voice. Music plays a huge part in the movie, um, which is really cool. It has, it, it does have a little bit of a Tarantino feel, I think, as yeah. far as how music is incorporated and then how, um, how things are sort of cut together. Yeah, the editing, uh, the cinematography too is interesting. There's a few kind of a cool series of shots where they they start out on someone and they turn and you don't quite know you really never quite know what's happening with right. this film yeah. and and sometimes that can be if it's not done properly it can be really bad it can just yes. in this one it wasn't they yeah, did I was some interesting things with it about halfway through i was like i i was started to think like am i going to get to the point when when all these when these things start to fall into place am i just going to be annoyed by how coincidental they are or how you know 
is is it going to be that type of movie? Is it going to be Crash? Right. So like, yeah, they're Crash. I think won an Oscar, right? Or but like, yes. I remember. I remember watching that movie with Matt going, Dillon. Like, and I, and I know, Matt and Dillon I know that was, was the whole point of Crash, which is like, you know, these random things happen, but it was all, you know, for whatever reason. Um, I just I did not love that movie because of how coincidental everything seemed, and this movie has some of that. You know, the main coincidence is that these people arrive sort of at the same time. Yes. But once they're there, the nothing that happens is really coincidental. No, I, I think it's really good. Yeah. And the way they shot it, the color scheme, this when he said it, everything yeah, about good. it is is super cool. Um, and it's not something I think it's something that can it's quirky enough, but it can appeal to a lot of different people. Right. You know, there is violence in it, but it's not. I mean, there's some gruesomeness, but it's not so gruesome that if you're a person who doesn't like that you can't see it yeah it's not um it's not uh it's not like the opening sequence of saving private ryan right type right, situation right. um and the acting's great in it and you kind of it's nice to sit there and it's a movie too you know inception where we talked about it last week you have you probably have to see inception a lot of times i yeah. think this is a movie you can see one time but I even we were walking out of it, seeing it. And we're like, oh, I probably want to see it again at some point, just because there's some themes and some ideas in it yeah. that you might not get. So, I, you know, for me, it's definitely worth seeing. Again, it's something original. If you're looking for a movie to go see and, and it's kind of a toss up um, in terms of what it is you want to see, I would recommend it. You know, if you you know, you don't certainly, you know, probably a little bit more action maybe than some of the Hollywood Oscar movies, but it's not like a Venom. You're gonna get yeah, right. you're gonna get some acting and stuff like that. Yeah. So go see it. You know, let us know what you think of it. Like I said, we really enjoyed it. Um, we were able to see it. It had, had a decent crowd. We went on like Friday three thirty. Yeah, decent number of people in there. I mean, it's in a tough spot now with probably First Man and um, Star is Born, who are really two of the top, I think, five favorites for Best Picture, right. and then. Venom is predicted yeah, again yeah, to, to win the box. So, so don't let the fact that you're probably only going to see it at number like four, three or four in the box office. Um, don't let that kind of dissuade you from going to see it. It's not like your typical number four at the box office type movie, I don't think. I agree. Totally yeah. agree. So it was good. All right. So the second thing we're going to do is uh, Jim had had a request, um, you know, for Friend. us to see if we could talk about some binge worthy TV, right? Some things that we could watch, maybe something that you don't have to go out to theater. You could get through quickly. And I thought it was a great idea. So uh, we kind of talked around a little bit about a show that was something that isn't tons and tons of seasons. You know, this is something really you can binge watch quickly. There's only 13 episodes uh, of this show. And it's one that a lot of people probably didn't watch That's true. or might not even know of. And that is the 2003, 2002, 2003. Probably yeah, somewhere in that that time window. Um, Josh Whedon, Space Western, Firefly. Um, yep. Which was originally, uh, to give you a little background, this was Josh Whedon coming off of Buffy coming to an end. Angel. Angel. It was maybe still going, yeah. but, you know, and it was picked up by Fox. And, you Probably know. ruined <laughs> And just turned into a train wreck. But I, what I will say about this show is thankfully through a binge watching perspective, if you want, you know, if you're somebody who wants to get it on, you know, Blu-ray, um, it's great on Blu-ray. You, yeah. what did you, you got it on, I you have were watching it on, it on uh, iTunes, iTunes or whatever. Um, you can watch, 
Fox did a lot of harm to this show. Right. And this it, this show was was really, for a lot of reasons, a, a great show that was underappreciated. Right. It came out at a time when I'm not quite sure people Fox knew how to market it. I think it's a show that if Netflix or Hulu or Amazon right. Prime existed at the time it came out would have been really a show kind of like maybe Stranger Things that people were talking about all the time. Right. And instead, what happens is it ends up on Fox and it premieres in the fall when Fox has football and it's preempted a lot. Um, then they, they move nights on it. They decide they're not going to air the show yeah, in they, the order that the, the episodes were actually right. shot. The, the first piece is that they don't air the pilot as the first episode. Um, they air like the second episode which was not a pilot, which, which really didn't pilot, establish, doesn't anything. establish anything. So what they did was they shot like a, a 30 second to a minute long um, exposition introduction of voiceover yeah. of like, you know, about the universe that you're about to see. It, it just it was awful. It's real bad. Um, but when you bought, when you binge watch it, you can watch it in the appropriate order. So uh, none of that's, you know, while it's still there, it, it's not going to impact you and ruin the viewing viewing experience like it did when it came out. All right, so a lot of you might never have seen Firefly. Now, so let's give you a little background on what it is. First of all, it's Josh Whedon. So if you're a fan of Buffy uh, or Angel or, you know, Toy Story, Toy Story <laughs> or Avengers. Avengers, yeah. In fact, in some ways, a lot of people say Avengers turned into a Josh Whedon property because of what he showed he could do in Buffy and Firefly. Uh, it's an ensemble cast. It basically revolves around our little pop, Captain Malcolm Reynolds, uh, who is a captain of what they call a Firefly ship, which is a spaceship um, set in the distant future. um, And humans are no longer living on Earth. And basically what happened is, you know, they never go too much into why they had to leave Earth or anything, which I kind of like. There's not that kind of dense mythology. But they are living on these terraformed planets. So there's all these planets. It's a big universe. But unlike Star Trek, Star Wars, any of those things, everybody's human. So there's no aliens or anything like this. And what we see, if you watch it in the proper order without um, destroying anything is and spoiling anything, is Malcolm Reynolds um, was fighting in a war um, of independence. Right. So there there was this uh, alliance of uh, core planets that wanted to put everyone under their rule. And, uh, you know, some people fought against that. Yeah. And interestingly, it's I think it's supposed to equate to the American Civil War in some respect. And what's interesting is it's this play on a Western. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, Josh Whedon wanted to do a Western and Malcolm Reynolds is a soldier in what would have been the equivalent, I think, of what happened with the Confederate. Right. You know, he lost this unification war. And he, which most people don't know, here's my geeky history teacher thing, because I teach this. Most cowboys in the West in American history were actually either freed slaves, Mexican immigrants, or former Confederate soldiers who had lost and didn't want to be part of the alliance of the United States. And that's kind of what he is. He wants to go into deep space and the fringe, and he's built this crew on the ship. And that's kind of what the show is about. we shouldn't mince around this. He's basically Han Solo. Like his his character isn't the archetype of Han Solo, like through and through. Uh, Similarly, has a very similar story. Well, from Solo. (laughs) If you saw the movie Solo, it's very similar. Um, But it's played by Nathan Fillion, who 
who you a lot of people might know from Castle, Castle which was a great and show. And a brand new show coming out this fall. The Rookie, that's out. But he, by the way, all these people. And Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Buffy, I think. He was one of the bad guys in Buffy. All these type of, looks so young in this. But there's a lot of other people that you will recognize throughout this. What's right. really interesting, Fox in particular, a lot of the guest stars and stuff like that will end up being stars on yeah, future yeah, Fox yeah. shows and things like that. But Fox really didn't give Josh Whedon what he needed for the show. Right. It was kind of a cast of unknown people, um, all who were young. And it was kind of an out there idea. We're going to do a space Western right. with no aliens. And it, it's pretty much a serialized, you know, there was yeah. some carryover yeah. and things like that. And the history of the show with, before we go into the show is like we said, they don't air the pilot. They're preempting it for things. They're switching nights. And then they basically say, F it. We're done with yeah, it. I don't think they aired how many, they did didn't they air? air three of the episodes they produced. Right. All of it was done. And pretty much before anybody knew it was even on, it was over. It was over. Right. And uh, I never saw it when it was on. In me fact, either. I got the box set from you. Did you? You gave it to me for my birthday. <laughs> and I saw it. I had never seen it. And then you watch it and um, you wonder how you messed this up. Right. Like, yeah. You wonder if from a Fox perspective, all you know and and maybe it's that mid to early 2000s yes. if you go back and look what was happening not just on fox but that's when upn and wb were colliding and blending shows how there is they not missed a person other than your wife that has watched a piece of this and have been like i don't like it i don't think she's ever watched this she just didn't like the movie yeah, so that fair, was based fair. on it and so, i don't think that i think that more had to dislike of me making her watch it than the actual but, film film itself but, for the quality of it but to my point i don't think that uh like to me this was like something that if you liked star trek if you like star wars if you like that kind of sci-fi um kind of exploration uh there's a lot there's a lot going on here sometimes it seems like we were talking about this sometimes it seems like the a team or it seems like yeah they, it seems each, like mission impossible each episode is kind of unique and then what i'll say is that may i think they build it wrong yeah like you don't have to necessarily love star wars or star trek to like this show which no. is one of the things i think is really interesting by not by grounding it when you watch it and you'll see by grounding it in enough reality it is in character. Know, character you know you could be like i don't like star trek i don't yeah. like the alien i don't want that and there's none of that it's 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 bare to the bones people and right. what this conceptual idea of right, people right, right. in yeah. fact they even mock like come see an alien there's an episode where they're like people want to see aliens still you know right, and all right. this type of stuff and they have and but it's interesting in that respect yeah it, it, it even um it, it's not grounded it's basically character stories it's not the 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 thrust of the show is not about the mythology or the lore of the universe no. or anything like that. It's all about this, this group of this group of basically like outlaws traveling around, taking jobs they can get. And uh, it's certainly not special effects driven. No, <laughs> in fact, we were like, the special effects are basically like yeah. early 2000 video game. Yeah. And, special and, effects. And, like, but the, that's not even the worst part. The set design to me is probably the worst part of the show. Because you'll just recognize stuff that you could go and buy at like Target. Yeah. They <laughs> clearly were not given much money right, for right. this show. And it's still fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the acting, the writing um, is great. The use of characters, secondary characters in, in, in particular, 
is fantastic. So this crew is made up of this kind of elaborate band of individuals. Uh, And it's the one thing is that I really like about it is there's a little bit something for everyone, right? Like if you talk to people who really like the show, they have differing views of who their favorite character is. And I think you can watch the show from the perspective of who your favorite character is and you get something maybe different out of it, depending on how you're going to view that. You know, I obviously, my favorite is Captain Malcolm Reynolds. Um, And in that, you get to watch a show that's really about this guy who's going through the emotional toll of resistance. You know, what that experience is like, what it's like for somebody to have to overcome losing everything. This guy was like, you know, and they play this out. This guy being independent meant everything to him. And his whole soul is basically crushed when they lose this war. Um, And, you know, what is that like for him to be able to try to hold his life? And I think all the side characters then, you know, you can like all the other characters, but you see the show through the prism of his eyes, which is these people all mean something to me, the rest of his crew. And they become like kind of family members to him. But you could like another, I don't know who your favorite character is, but yeah, I mean, I like them all. I think one of the more outstanding one is Kaylee, the yeah. the uh, engineer or mechanic, they yeah. call her. She basically fixes the ship and keeps it flying. But um, just a real, like, she's basically the wholesome, like, moral compass of the show, I guess we, we, yeah. we would call her. Um, idealistic and, and just, just a good person. Um, but has a really great interaction with pretty much every other. That's the other thing that I think this is totally Joss Whedon and how he how Joss Whedon works in, a, in in character, which is he makes sure that there are meaningful interactions between pretty much all of the characters yeah. at some point or another throughout the first season. And I think also the intriguing thing is, the I don't think the budget was so big that so much of the show is shot on the ship itself. Right. It almost lends itself to like a play. Right. And he's able to write it that way. Because yeah. he knows we don't really have the budget to do a whole heck of a lot of site. So we have to stage things in ways where we're going to be able to shoot this, shoot this quick. And it's got to be about the people as opposed to the, the product around the people. Right. Right. Um, and it's, it's just a really good show. So let's talk about some of the things that make it binge worthy. Now yeah. that we talked a little bit about it. Um, first of all, I think one of the major things that's always a necessity for a binge worthy show is, you have to have multiple characters that you engage with immediately. Right. It's very rare that there's one character that's going to be able to carry you through a binge worthy right, show. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I think they do a great job with that. Like there's pretty much, pretty much uh, with Malcolm and <clears throat> River and Simon yeah. who, who are a brother and sister that are kind of steeped in mystery, where they come from, what their, what their story is. Um, there's that, uh, and so at least those three for me have, have, you know, season long story arcs that are, that are are very intense actually. So we should say quickly. So the characters to give you an idea of why it's so dense, uh, Malcolm Reynolds is the captain. Zoe is his second in command who was with him in the war. With him in the war. And she's married the pilot wash wash who's played by Alan, um, Tiddick. Tudyk, Tudyk, who's hysterical and has been in a ton of stuff. Right. We have Kaylee, who Jim mentioned, who's the engineer. He's Steve the pirate from Dodgeball. Yes, he's Steve. I forget about that sometimes. Yeah. Kaylee, who's the engineer. Uh-huh. And then um, we also have... Baldwin. 
Jane. Well, I, yeah, Jane Adam Baldwin, who's Not, he's really just, Adam Baldwin. Right? Yeah, great. Actually, really good. Kind of the lesser known, one of the lesser known yeah. Baldwins, well, he, he's but he's in a role. lot of stuff. Yeah. It's the scene he was in uh, Chuck, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he plays. It's great. It's great. And Chuck was after this. Yeah, I think. yeah. So he actually yeah. might have got that from that. And then you have um, Ron Glass, who plays yeah, Shepard yeah. Book, who's this priest. And, you know, through all the things you'll see on the episode, all these people end up and they and actually summer, do a summer glow and yeah, is, uh, is, is river. river. So they get all these people on and you can watch to see how they pull them all on yeah. to the ship. And that's a big part of it. But they're able and Josh Whedon's really good at this. He's able to get each of them in an episode in ways that don't feel forced. Right. You know, and in one episode, somebody can be more of a pivotal character than another, but they're all always there. Right. And it's a pretty amazing collective and, writing. And, and he does, yeah, he does a very good job of telling an individualized story for that episode where one character might be a focal point while the other characters could be interacting in a way that set up a longer story arc for the season. Yeah, and it's why it's maddening the way Fox screwed up the, right, right. the episode because when you watch it in the intended order, it's so well layered out that you catch little bits of how these characters develop and where their arcs come from. And to break them up makes no sense. Right. And um, But there is, you know, and people, I think... I think people sometimes miss that. If you think of really the the binge worthy shows of the last decade, you know, with Netflix coming in, you know, one of obviously the most binge worthy shows is, you know, um, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. And I mean, obviously, Brian Cranston as Walter is amazing. Right. But that show isn't pulled off with just that character. Right, right. You know, you need Jesse, you need all the other people. And that's what we see here. I mean, really, Nathan Fillion's the star in the heart of the show, I would think. Right. But he grounds the show in a sense that the other people are allowed to kind of come into our world through him. You know, he kind of grounds it. And you get these other characters who are all kind of a bit quirky. He's not that he's not quirky, mm -hmm. but he allows these people to come in. And I think it does a nice arc. And unfortunately, this was back prior to people being able to get shows back on and stuff like that. Um, but it was a great cast who really liked each other. I mean, if you ever read and watch any stuff, they're all still friends they're all most of them are in destiny the video game which are is hilarious. they yeah that I'm, I'm sure that's on yeah a purpose in a, in some way um, shape or yeah. form so i think certainly a cast the second thing that is i think an element of being binge worthy is are there individual episodes within that season that are going to hook you enough to carry you in yep. you know firefly is pretty short I mean, it's only 13 yeah, yeah. episodes and, and there aren't really it, um, there aren't many down episodes. I don't know. I think honestly. which might be why it's carried on to become such a cult hit. Right. Because everyone can hit in a different way. Right. Um, did you have a favorite one? I really like out of gas. Out of gas. I think that's my favorite. OK, which is really good. Um, what I like and you kind of hinted at this, too, is that each episode kind of takes on different inspirations. Yes. You know, there's different elements to it. Yeah. Some of them are your classic Westerns. Some of them are heist episodes. Some of it, the, there's like a, a complete A-team yeah, episode. There's a, there's that literally, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it could have, they just popped out the A-team and put right, them right. in. Um, 
So there's a little bit of something for everyone. There's some romance in some of them. There's, you know, all those types of Yeah, there's character. Things. And throughout every one of them, um, the characters are built in interesting ways. Yeah. Like they're constantly, I think you're constantly being surprised by the characters in really natural ways. By the you're learning more about them and you're like, oh, I didn't I didn't think that they would be that type of person. But it doesn't it doesn't seem irrational or out of character. Yeah. Right. It's it's really well done. Yeah, and I, I think that the fact that you can have those Hallmark episodes are big. You know, and, right. and sometimes you need those if it's a longer series, maybe to drag you through. You know, if you come in and there's five seasons of a show you have to binge watch, right. you need you you know, you need whatever that episode, <laughs> right. you know, whatever that episode is. With this, it's so trunk. I mean, really in the binge wor- world where you watch maybe two or three in in a day, you're done with this in a week. And what we haven't said is also this show is absolutely hilarious. Oh, the writing, which it's, is I think part of the problem. And I think part of the problem is Fox build it as a like Serious. adventure com no as a adventure comedy. Oh, okay. And people like remember. and it turned people off to it, I think. Because the the humor is is Josh Whedon humor. Right. But it's not a comedy. You know, it, it's it there's he he yeah, has it's the same as Buffy. Yeah, yeah, he has elements some really serious heartfelt things within the episode um that they make and i think one of the other binge worthy things is you have to find a theme within that show that draws you to it and, and keeps you there here. and in this one there's a lot of different ones right. you know if you were we said breaking bad before breaking bad is this idea of this collapse of a man which yeah. is like a really intriguing and how that how in, infests other people how around far will he pushed the line yeah <laughs> and and how much does that affect all the other people around does right. he infect other people is why all these types of people with that uh with this one i think there's lots of cool different types of themes you can um go on to you know i already talked this about the idea of this you know emotional toll of existence it's the idea of loyalty um, in it, this idea of the loss of faith, found family. There's so many different things within this show that if you're going to say, all right, it's not even 13 hours because they're only 40 minute episodes. Right, you know, right. I mean, can I devote my time to it? And I think you walk away saying there's all these different themes that yeah, I could tie. Into. I would say you could watch the first uh, watch the first episode, uh, which is longer. It's it's basically should have been two episodes. It was supposed to be two episodes. So uh, so it's like an hour and change. Um, and then at least get like two more in. And if you don't like it at that point, then I'd say you know feel yeah, free. To and put I it will down, say but- I will say this: it probably and this I one of the other things is you usually need an amazing pilot. Yeah. For a binge, and they, it was not. It was not great. an amazing pilot. It wasn't a bad pilot it's by any. Probably Annie's. the worst episode, and when you think about, I it, think it probably is. Yeah. I think you're probably right. So that might be part of the issue in terms of reshooting or whatever. That, yeah. And that's not to say it's bad, but I think they hadn't quite figured out the balance of what it was going right, to be. Right, right. But I think if you can get through that one, and I think actually that pilot. If you've seen the series before, it plays a little bit better because right. you know what's coming from it. So there's elements that you can pull from it. Yeah. Um, so that might be the downside of it, that it doesn't have that pilot that you're like, oh, my God. But it does. It's, it's, it gets you running. You know, once it, the ball starts rolling, um, you really get into the show. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a at points sometimes 
um, a little bit of sadness because you know it's only going to be there. Right, right. It's it's uh, yeah. You start to you start to get sad about halfway through, and you're like, wow, what this could have been, you know? Because these characters have long stories ahead of them that that they basically uh, and we haven't said this yet. Uh, you kind of mentioned it is a few years after the show wrapped up. Yes. Like what year? They came so out I think with, 2005. They came, came out, out with a feature film um, that didn't really pick up right after the show. It was basically like almost a reboot. It was in some sense. Yeah. I think it like it had to reboot in the sense that they were hoping it would be like a film trilogy. Right. So they had to tell a little bit of backstory, but then it kind of gets into where the characters right. are. It's not a bad film. No, it's good. It's a good companion piece to the series, yeah. though. I wouldn't I wouldn't say watch the film. No, I, I well, that's what Aileen tried to do. Yeah, I tried to make her watch the film without watching the show, and it was a disaster. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's interesting. I was very happy they got a film because some of the themes they were able to do, but it's also one of the things I liked about it is there's all these stories that you don't really get. Right. So you and they went on and wrote books and comics. So if you're really into that, yeah, yeah. like to me, it was more the medium of. Why? Like, I didn't get into any of the books or anything like that. It was main, mainly the show right, for me. And it was it was great to be able to go back and rewatch it because it had been probably, I want to say, quite a while since I had watched the whole series. Um, and I kind of forced myself. I even stayed up past midnight watching it one night, which yeah. is like never happens anymore. Past um, midnight. Past midnight. And it was uh, it was pretty cool. And, you know, the one thing that was interesting is you, you often have to wonder how much um, how much Josh Whedon held back. Yeah. Like, especially with like there was this whole these characters of Reavers that you'll see in the first few episodes that he was and that, and that will come back in the movie. There's right. this whole idea of who Summer really is and they, they and who Shep Book, Shepard Book is. Um, you know, there's all of these things. And you just got to kind of wonder where he was going to go with that. And unfortunately, we don't get to see that. But it is it really is well worth watching. Oh, yeah. If you great. like r- great stuff. I mean, again, you'll the, the special effects are kind of hokey. The set's kind of hokey. They're like uh, somebody clearly told like a uh, intern, hey, go out and buy us a crate. Yeah. And, and we're and just going to pretend it's if you're, uh, if famous. You're, if you're a musician, you'll notice that there are a lot of scenes where they're they're moving around crates and stuff. And the crates are just like like those SKB road cases that you will see uh, like musicians have amplifiers and, and racks of gear in. Uh, yeah. So, and yeah, it's just real. And they're just like, you can it. tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but they that's not no why. Money. Yeah. That's why they're not doing it. But the writing and the people who came out of this right. were, were super cool. And it is, there's, I think there's kind of an element of Greek mythology in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an element certainly of like stage the stage and the way they, oh, sure. they they film it and set it. And we didn't even talk about Anara, who's this space prostitute yeah. uh, who uh, lives on or companion, 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 uh, certified companion, companion. Um, who's great. And there's, there's, just, it, there's so many layers to it. Yeah. And really part of talking about this is trying to generate people to watch it. So we don't want to give up much about it, but I really, would I mean, say, I think space prostitute has got them pretty. Space, at this yeah. Point. Space prostitute. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I, you know, we don't want to give too much away because we want you to go see it. Yeah, like you should, it. you should watch it and then get back to us. We were actually uh, talking with people about it today for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, they were excited we were going to do. Yeah, this. so people are into the show. It's just this kind of underground thing 
um, that you're not going to have to invest a lot of your time in. Right. And I think you'll really enjoy it. So that is Firefly. Both of us give that a major, uh, major thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, okay, so let's go spanning globe pop culture. Uh, instant reaction trailer for this week uh, is M. Night Shyamalan's Glass. Yeah. And what was your, I know you're quite excited so, about this. One. I am super excited about this movie because I really love Unbreakable. Yeah, um, so give people an idea of what the idea of this in case they don't have any idea what. Yeah, this yeah. Is okay. tying so, into. so Glass is is the third part of a, I don't know if it's a trilogy, whatever it is, but it's the third movie uh, set in the Unbreakable universe for M Night. Uh, so Unbreakable, um, and which Ed came just, out oh like it was this right after right after Sixth Sense. So Sixth Sense was what ninety eight. Yeah, I think so. So uh, I mean, so it if was... this was two thousand, two thousand one, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe they filmed him. By the way, that stair, that creepy stairwell yeah. where we used to live, yeah. right near there. Yeah, they filmed a lot all over the city of Philadelphia. Um, and then re- more recently, Split was uh, set in the same universe. Uh, at this point, two thousand, it came out. Unbreakable is two thousand. So at this point, if you haven't seen Split, go see that. Mm. Um, it's a great movie. Um, so it was a big hit. I mean, M. Night Shyamalan had kind of fallen on oh, yeah, very yeah, yeah. hard times. And it was a return to form for him. Yeah, it's it a had good really, movie. I mean, he had done Last Airbender. Right, right. He had done some really <laughs> bad the, films. What was that? Uh, After Earth. After Earth. What was I mean, it's basically all his movies were on how, how did this get made? Marky Mark. Uh, uh, in uh, Philly, it happens. Oh, uh, the happen- happening. Oh, jeez. And uh, yeah, so... Split is a great movie. So that was a return to form for him. Yes. So I'm super excited about Glass, um, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, um, and James McAvoy. Yes. Uh, and it basically is like his version of this uh, superhero universe, which is really cool. Um, however, I will say that the trailer has me a little worried. Yeah, I... There's something about the trailer that... And, and I don't know whether it's... And maybe... It's 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 usually a problem with it. It's not. How do I say this? The tone of that trailer just seems weird to me. But I've never had a problem with the tone of his movies, and they're usually so so <laughs> heavily stylized, and the tone is so, so usually set by yeah. him that it doesn't deviate. So maybe it's just how they cut the trailer. But there's just something about the trailer I did not love. I don't know. And I don't you know. were really excited about. I am so still we'll excited. See I'm still. We excited are actually going to gonna do. Um, a double feature episode yeah. later in the year where we're going to talk about Unbreakable and Split right. leading into Glass. And we'll, of course, see Glass. And we know a lot of people are excited about yeah. seeing that. Uh, I kind of wonder two things that I said to you, because we had seen we had watched it mm-hmm. before, but then we went and was actually attached to, to bad Battle. Times. Yeah, Bad bad Times at Elroy. It, I always wondered, was Split really supposed to be an unbra- in the Unbreakable unit? Do you know what I mean? Did he write that? absolutely with that in mind or was that an afterthought and now i'm wondering now that he's building this bigger universe did the studio itself want to turn it because it they kept talking about it being like a superhero i know that's when unbreakable and split yeah. but it it felt to me like i don't think that's what the movie's going to be so i'm I, i'm well, still pretty confident in terms of what yeah, the film's yeah, going to yeah. be but i feel like now they're like all right split was this hit that i don't think they necessarily thought was going to be a hit because it didn't necessarily cost much money M. Night had been really kind of down for a while in terms of his films. Right. And then they had a huge hit on their hands in terms of what they paid for that film to be made. Right, right. And they're like, oh, boy. 
and now it's in this universe and we should we be selling it something you know i don't think it's tacked on i i honestly think because that that superhero universe was set up in unbreakable and they that they basically talk a lot about that like how that's basically the point of unbreakable is for mr glass yeah. and l jackson to prove that there are Super superheroes yeah. out there like that's what he's trying to yeah. do um and then you know in split i feel like even if the in, in, like the original idea was like this this character who has multiple personalities then he probably quickly thought, "Oh, well, we this, tie this, this yeah. is because it had been same. a long. It was a long time in between the two films, right?" He probably said, "This is the same universe." Yeah, like, okay. This, this, this happens. I yeah. think it's going to be interesting. We're definitely going to watch it. We know there's a lot of people um, who are talking about it that want to see it, yeah. so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, second, spanning the globe, uh, talking point here. Uh, last week we didn't have time to talk about it, but yeah. Star Wars: The Mandalorian was the announced title and picture. Uh, was released of the upcoming live Star Wars universe series that will be part of the new Disney streaming channel, yeah. which we don't know what it's going to be called. Right. Uh, I know I will be purchasing it because yeah. all the Disney movies will be on it. All the Marvel movies will be on it. And we've actually referenced this streaming before because we talked a, a couple of weeks ago about which right. sub Marvel, you know, second tier right, right. Marvel character would you want? What is your feeling on a live Star Wars I think universe cool. TV they, show? They've done a really good job with the cartoons, with Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, they've and there's a, people associated with those. And John right. Favreau, and who's John amazing, Favreau, right. who's running the show himself. Right. And, and the idea of there being this Mandalorian who, you know, Boba Fett is, had Mandalorian armor. So that yes. that's... I don't know. Is, a, so is Boba Fett a Mandalorian? No, but no, I no. never understood. Well, I guess, no, Boba Fett is a clone. A clone. But, but, so, but they're different then. Right. Mandalorians, I, I believe the, the whole thing with Mandalorians, and if we have Star Wars folks out there, please let mm-hmm. us know. Um, they were like a warring race. Okay. Um, like warriors. Like what, I thought like, it was like one of those like, little guitars. That's a mandolin. Oh, mandolin. You, oh. Okay, I wasn't yeah. quite sure. No, but the armor that that Django or that Boba Fett wore was uh, apparently Mandalorian. It has a real Oregon. distinct, almost Western. Yeah, yeah, thing. exactly. So it's supposed to. This is this show is going to be set in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, right? Which is obviously a big, a you big know, area, a big gap. Thirty years. Oh, at least I think, yeah, to explore and Pablo Pascal. Who we've talked, who is, is it not confirmed the, yet? That it's kind of oh, really interesting. Of no, but he, the armor is all we see, right, so they could right. have, theoretically have a stunt double water or anybody's I in that armor, that. but they think that's who's it's going to be. And it's really interesting. Um, I thought they showed a picture of him. Oh, they might have. I don't know. Uh, so far, okay. all I've seen is the armor, but the directing choice is only going to be eight episodes, which I'm kind of excited about because they're going to mm-hmm. put a lot of money per episode into it. But Bryce Dallas uh, Howard is directing an episode. Okay. Uh, I can never pronounce his name, but TP, uh, the guy who did oh, Thor. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's I doing an episode. Name. Um, some of the clone wars guys are doing episodes. So I think it's going to, um, Alan Taylor who did the really battle of Blackwater, Oh, right. Uh, right is right. doing one. And he did one of the Thor movies. So I think but it's going to be interesting. The actor who's rumored to be the Mandalorian is the Viper from 
Yeah, who we talked about before, who's going right. to be in Prospector, who we right, said, right, and is right. also in Nart. We've talked. So I'm, I'm pretty psyched about that. And it just kind of leads to the overall question of how are you feeling about the Star Wars universe right now? I'm kind of ambivalent about it right now. I don't, I, I'm not worked up and I'm not super excited. Um, I Isn't that a problem for... I think it's a, people, I think, think it's a problem. I think it is. And I think the main problem is that they are while while Last Jedi to me was not not uh terrible, it wasn't a home run. Like it and I I kind of give Force Awakens a little bit of a little bit of leeway because it was sort of like a reset yeah. and it was it was introducing us to new characters and that part of it was really well done. But when you look at it, it really did not tell an interesting story at all. It was basically the same thing as the original star Wars, um, which was a complaint, right, which right. was interesting. And then, and it's last true. you Je- can't argue. Yeah, it's not. But then the last Jedi went in a completely different Correct. direction of that. And then that got, yeah, but that's no, it didn't get criticized because it went in a complete different direction. It could, I think last Jedi is getting criticism because, there are parts of it that just don't make any goddamn sense. Um, and we could probably have a whole episode on this, but oh, we will. I'm sure we'll do it. There is a whole, I'll just give you my, my quick, my quick thing on the last Jedi. The more and more I think about that movie, the worse and worse it becomes. You see, I liked it, but there is this great story of the rebel or whatever you're calling it, the resistance running from the first order. That was very like Battlestar Galactica. Like they yes, were going to be. Yeah. And if they just stuck to that, it would have been awesome. If they just stuck to that and, and Luke and Luke Ray, and Ray. it would have been great. And they could have. And for me, that's fine. I know people hate a lot of people hate the Luke thing. Oh, I, turned I, out. I, I was fine with that. The part that drives me nuts. And still to this day, every time I think about it, I can't forgive it is the part with um, Finn yeah. and uh, what's her name? Uh, I forget her name. The the Kelly Tran in Kelly real Tran. life. Yeah. And poor Kelly Tran got abused online. For, for, for nothing. For, for, for being for an actor. Writing, for reading, writing. Like, like her character was terrible, had terrible writing. Uh, she did the best she could with it. But that whole scene of them going to like the, the casino planet. Yeah. It was not cool. It seemed really forced. It was overtly political, and it didn't. It didn't add anything to the story. It was. Uh, we'll talk about it when we do the movie, which I'm sure we will. Yeah. But to me, it was the the prequels element of the film, which has been. Uh, there's been whole articles written about the fact that it wasn't that bad. I will say no, that. no, no. But they've tracked it, yeah. and people who saw the prequels like that portion yeah. like the group of i i didn't particularly like i mean i thought there was some visual stuff that was interesting yeah but, yeah, yeah. but nonetheless i th- i'm kind of i'm intrigued by this yeah. i'm i'm slightly bothered and at some point we can have a longer discussion about this that everything is going the route of streaming now yeah um and i think there's probably going to be changes with that so it's like and i understand they're going to invest a lot of yeah. money in it uh amazon is investing a billion dollars in the lord of the rings series whatever that's going to be um so this is kind of Disney's answer to that. So I think that will be intriguing. One last spanning the culture topic that I found humorous this week. <laughs> um, so Larry King is apparently still alive, right. which a that's spanning. Global He's got news. a cooler microphone. He, he does. Go. This is like, I, I don't not know how Larry <laughs> King. I didn't know he was still. And that, I'm not, no offense to Larry King, but right, I right. didn't realize he was still alive. Uh, apparently as a show still. 
Um, and the the level of guests he's getting is intriguing. So apparently this week there was a Twitter um, war between Tom Arnold, who yeah, some people might not remember who Tom Arnold is. He was Roseanne's one of Roseanne's husbands. And he's a stand-up comedian. Yeah, right? who's, I mean... who's, I mean, claim to fame is literally being Roseanne's husband, except for a great role in, in True Lies. True Lies. <laughs> but which he got, I think, because he was... And he was great. In that. Yeah, like, he was because good. he was Roseanne's husband. Yeah. Um, he got into a Twitter war with Dean Cain, who, also... who you have not seen since uh, Lois and Clark. Didn't he do something like... I, I don't think he yeah. did anything yeah. you probably want to watch. Yeah. Except Eileen is like in love with him. Why? So I, she loved Lois and Clark, I oh, guess. Geez. I don't know what it was. Um, by the way, he was also a uh, football player. Not he bad. played for the Bills. Uh, but whatever. They got into some Twitter fight. Tom Arnold is now trying to attempt to, or has a show where he's trying to track down secret recordings of Donald Trump. <laughs> and Dean Cain, I guess, is a Republican. Not like a diehard Trump lover, you know, but it's like a Republican. And Tom Arnold found out he was going to be on this show with Dean Kane. So, first of all, let's just talk about Larry King's show. It's about the caliber of ours. If yeah. your guests are going to be Dean Kane and Tom, which, by the way, we will happily have either Dean Kane right. or Tom Arnold. We'll pull on a chair up right You here. could immediately be on our show. Yeah. It would be fantastic. So, they get into a fight. They, they proceed to show up at the green room of said show. And Larry King has a green room. Who knew? Um, and they almost get into a fist fight. And of course, somebody's recording it, which made me wonder, like, are maybe these two just recording this yeah, to, to get known? But what they almost get into a fist fight over it. But it led me to this idea of instead of producing movie, I am going to produce a WWE style 90s uh fight celebrity death celebrity match. death match uh and no claymation we're going no 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 these are fighting. legit people and i have a couple of quick ones uh first of all i want to have willie ames who played buddy lemback uh and charles in charge fight richard grico who played booker uh who we've talked and about. we'll get some close-ups of that yeah for the video we later. can easily get those two right I, i'm pretty sure uh i had some other ones here uh a, a, a woman's match all, all right. right four women uh, i want to have uh jenna van oy who played six from blossom and we've never seen her again fight sophie b hawkins from um damn i wish i was your lover which i'm sure everyone loves. and we're also going to throw paula cole in uh who sang where have all the cowboys gone but most importantly i don't want to wait yeah, uh, the theme song from Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And we'll also throw in crazy-ass Lark Voorhees, who plays Lisa Turtle. I'm pretty sure at least two of these people are in one of those crazy celebrity rehab shows. Yeah. So they are down for any kind and of probably movie. one will die in that Yes, fight. they probably, if not. Uh, how about a three-man tag match? I want to find the three kids from Home Improvement and have them fight the three kids from Malcolm in the Middle. I like that. That like one, that. I think, they're all adults now. Yeah, that's I'm not sure. Throw Hanson in there. Oh, Hanson. Well, Hanson's still actually touring. They actually, we were, I was actually, we were listening to some, I have some Hanson on my pre-show playlist. Why? And then here's the one that's really exciting to me. What if we got Chris Cross to fight Millie Vanilli? Yeah. Now, I think one of them might be dead. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. One, yeah, one of the Millie Vanilli guys died. Okay. So it will be like a two-on-one fight. Yeah. Or we could get the Hanson brothers. <laughs> involved in it i think any of those would be fantastic so that is spanning globe all right time for five questions now with jim uh, all right five questions jim, jim's here apart uh okay here we go five questions uh we don't have the shape of water egg timer it's broken anyway but all right thumbs up or thumbs down on a remake of rookie of the year 
They announced they're remaking Rookie of the Year. Remember that movie? It's the guy with the arm. With the arm. The oh, thumbs kid. up, because that's not even that great of a movie. I mean, it's good. It's not great. Thumbs up on a remake. Okay, perfect. Uh, better Tom Hanks film, Bachelor Party or The Burbs? Oh, that's a tough one. I'll say The Burbs. Okay, The Burbs. Corey Feldman. All right. Uh, earlier this week, someone paid $1.1 million for a 60-year-old bottle of McCallum Valerio Edemi Scotch Whiskey. Fill in the blank question. The most I would pay for a bottle of booze is blank. Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, I think the most I have paid is about 100 and I think maybe I would go to 150 if it was something in crazy that i want it all right for 150 all right perfect uh, all right question number four what is your favorite jewel song my favorite jewel song yeah. jeez like, dude, you got to give me a heads up on that i can only recall like so if one. you only were one then that's probably what yeah, it is it's not my favorite uh actually now i can't even think of that one all right give me some hints uh, well, i mean she sang that batman song what batman song? What foolish game you? she did this on the soundtrack of oh, i don't uh, remember that at all yeah yeah, I, I, I will. I will do homework. Okay, that. so if anybody's watching and has a favorite Jewel song, let us Why know. Why Jewel? She was a '90s star that nobody uh, knows anymore. So I thought that fit in with our theme. Uh, finally, our deep thought question: What is it like spending a weekend at the Costello House? Oh, it's great! It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Your son keeps telling me spiders are going to eat my face. Yes. Um, and everyone else has been very kind to me. Yes, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> so. There we go. That is five uh, questions. All right, time for recommendations. Yeah. Uh, what are our recommendations um, for this week? First of all, we should talk. If you want, follow us on social media, you've been yeah. seeing some of the things we've doing since Jim arrived. Jim arrived. He was working up here. Uh, uh-huh. So he's here Thursday night. Thursday night, we went to the fantastic Mac and Waltz. Yep. Which, that was uh, place. I you know, that. Jim got a, a bourbon flight. Oh, uh, it was a uh, rye. It yeah. Was, a rye flight. A okay. Whistle pig rye flight of a uh, 10 year, uh, 12 year and 15 year. And rye. how was that? It was good. Awesome. Yeah. It was very good. That 15 year old, 15 year rise from whistle pig is some serious business. He also got what I've never had. He got a hamburger, but instead of a oh, bun, yeah, yeah. It was made of macaroni and cheese. Yeah. It was macaroni, not like a bun that was flavored macaroni. It was literally macaroni and cheese they pressed into bun form. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was good. So that was pretty cool. We did that. Uh, so Saturday, we went and got barbecue, or excuse me, Friday, because we took the day off. Yep. Now, tell me this. If you want to question why you should be a comm major, should do our Friday. We woke up. 8.30-ish, 9. You slept a little later than that. Uh, you know, had breakfast, mm-hmm. watched uh, Smokey, Smokey and, the and the Bandit, proceeded to go get barbecue at lunch. Two Jerks Barbecue, which was fantastic. Another great recommendation. Barbe- yeah, great barbecue spot up here in the New England area if you're around. Then we went to Widowmaker uh, Brewery, which really is like a new. It's only been open about a year. And we, we tried some of their stuff, which was really cool. Yeah, I really like their beer. The vibe of the brewery is really cool. Uh, people seemed awesome there. So, yeah, definitely check them out if you're in the uh, Boston area. Yeah, it's in Braintree. Fantastic spot. We went and saw a movie. And uh, and then we went on to said Shoveltown Brewery, and which was pretty Quizzo. awesome. We won Quizzo. Yeah. And and then today, on, on top of it, we should add, um, we went to two cool places. Really cool places on Saturday. You're saying, well, what do you You're probably saying, Brian, who's taking care of your children? And who's your taking wife, care of Jim's is, children? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, well, my wife. Is well, well, to be fair, kids. your your 
your parents are Katie, they, yeah is, my, she's busy at work uh, she's non-stop working selling wine and doing the yes whatnot. getting ready for the harry potter episode where mm-hmm. she's going to join us probably a lot of prep work for that oh she's she's furiously reading rereading the book, yes so. um but we did two cool things we went to boston harbor distillery mm-hmm. which i had uh, you know only found out about in researching uh, Jim coming up here, and I yeah, thought I'm going to find awesome. someplace cool for take Jim, and we went there, and man, what a spot! I highly recommend going to Boston Harbor Distillery. Very cool, um, and try they'll they'll go on the tour. It's totally worth it. For ten bucks, they'll give you a taste of pretty much all the everything they, they sell. Make. Yeah, it was and fantastic. Uh, they'll send you home with a shot glass too. So. Yeah, and it was a cool spot. It's right on the water. So if you're in, if you're somebody who, and I'll be telling everybody I know in the New England area to go to that because that was a really cool spot. Then we went back to Shoveltown, mm-hmm. and we went to Oktoberfest today, which yeah, was, was awesome. Fun. We heard some bands. We had some good times. We got to talk to some people. We met some people. Some people who listened to the show, which was though to Jerry's point in chat, I do think Oktoberfest is supposed to happen. In September. in September, yes, in yeah. in, in yeah. Germany it does. Yeah. In, to be fair, it does actually happen in September, but we have to celebrate it when yeah, celebrate it in America uh, and drink our beer boot. Um, so it's been an overall. You know, some great recommendations there: Max and Walt, uh, Widowmaker, Two Jerks, Shovel Town, all those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of things, books to recommend this week that Jim will be taking home with him yeah. as gifts. Uh, first is. Uh, Greg Horowitz, Orphan X, fantastic book for Jim to bring with him. It's a Thank spy thriller. Thank you very much, Brian. And then uh, David Mitchell, best known for um, Cloud Atlas, which I would highly recommend reading. The The movie's okay. The book is amazing. But this is called The Bone Clocks. Yep. And it's a little bit more for Jim because Jim likes kind of like creepy stuff. creepy stuff. And it's pretty awesome. So we'll be taking those uh, home with him this week. Also, super excited, the new Matt Betley cover um, broke this week, and you can see that on social media. Um, the book, I think it's rumored to be coming out July-ish this year. Um, he usually does kind of clear, crisp covers, and they want a little bit more action on this one. Uh, make sure you check that out. It is also available for pre-sale, and you can see a whole bunch of stuff on the launch of the cover and all that stuff on therealbookspy.com, and you can follow that online and i think we'll really enjoy that uh from a drink you were drinking tonight left hand belgian uh style double nitro and i've been drinking miller light in my enormous beer boot from my brother uh kevin we also had some amazing beers this week though so we yeah. should probably reference uh we had some widowmaker stuff which was awesome widowmaker is is you really got to be in the boston area to be able yeah, to yeah, go yeah. to go get that same with shovel town what'd you think you, you had a That's lot great. of cool shovel yeah. town stuff uh, I really like their nitro uh, stout, yeah. and uh, they have a cream ale that's re- that was pretty good. Um, and Widowmaker has a milkshake IPA that was amazing. Yeah, and that's something you know if you're around us, you can get that uh, in the Boston area. And same with Boston Harbor; they are very. Yeah. We saw something really should talk about. Super, they were doing oh, yeah, some yeah. super cool stuff. They were distilling. They were taking beer from Sam Adams and putting it into the still. Yeah, and distilling liquor from the beer. Um, and that was really cool. So it was like basically like a hopped whiskey. Yeah. And they're the only people doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of those, that's almost worth checking out just yeah. to see something completely um, different in that area. All right. Um, next week, pretty excited. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to go one of our all time favorites. We're going back to the single movie route. So you have all week to watch Indiana Jones. Which one? Oh, this is from the box set. 
in Raiders the Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark. Yeah. One of Jim's all-time All-time favorites. favorites. I'm sure uh, we can have some folks chime in on some stories about what I used to do when I was a child. Uh, my mom has some amazing stories about me uh, pretending to be yeah. Jones. Yeah, just I, a super... What I forced the family to yeah. do. And, and... It's a super, super cool movie. We also remember, we're going to... So just kind of an upcoming schedule situation for you for watching the show. Next week, we're going to do Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. But then it is right into our special Harry Potter episode. Right. So I'm almost done rereading. Uh, make sure you watch Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Join us. That's going to be a Thursday night show, 9 o'clock. Uh, should be a great time. Uh, a lot of excitement building up towards that. Make sure you share it. Uh, and what about our plugs, Jim? Who should we be plugging or what should we be plugging? Uh, um, watch us if on. you're a coffee person, check out Brian Niles' Uh, house cup coffee we haven't uh plugged him yet i'd love yeah. to um and if anyone uh you can order it online at house cup coffee and he is brewing he uh, is beer he, right he, now and something super cool well, right? no he he is uh barrel Brown. aging coffee so he has uh i think he sold he might have sold out of the first batch already um but you, you need to keep an eye on the website so if it's something you're interested in barrel aged coffee um he takes green coffee beans before they're roasted puts them into whiskey barrels and lets them sit there for a little bit and then they come out roasted and they are just, you know, oaky vanilla smelling goodness with your coffee. Yeah, it's awesome. Really good stuff. All right. So check that out. Uh, follow us on Facebook. If you're watching this, you're following. If you're listening to us on the podcast, thank yeah. you. Uh, if you could get a chance, uh, go on the iTunes or the other spots, rate, like us, yeah, rate us, subscribe. Uh, subscribe. That would be awesome. Um, if you watch on Facebook, share the video um, so sure. we can expand into other areas. Uh, if you get a chance upcoming, uh, go check out Battle of the El Royale or bad times, excuse me at the El Royale, which was fantastic. Also very easy to do. You can either go and purchase via Amazon, uh, firefly, or yeah, you yeah. can get it on iTunes. And, uh, like we said, next week we'll be back to our split, uh, our split camera, yep, yep. split locales. Jim will be home. Uh, we'll be talking Raiders of the lost Ark. So chime in this week if you could on Raiders. If you have any comments, please uh, please feel free to share and make sure you give us any fact checks you need. But until that, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Talk to you later, guys. Talk to you later.